the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Happy, happy Tuesday. Thank you for being here. Mike Opelka and Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I... I am very happy to be here today, very appreciative of the fact that I'm here today, and I'm happy you are here as well. Uh, I, I have a gripe to share with you, and we may get into it later today. It involves a certain ride company whose name rhymes, rhymes with Gruber and what they did last night. I almost took what I think is the, uh, well, personally, it would have been the world's longest Uber in my personal universe, but I'm sure someone's gone farther. But we'll get into that. Anyway, it's Tuesday. And uh, guess what? Scaramucci's still fired, still fired. (laughs) You know, yesterday, as we were in the last 35 or 40 minutes of the show, a show I was saying, nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. It's kind of a boring Monday. Uh, General Kelly's getting settled in as the chief of staff at the White House. And boom, L.A. gets the Olympics. Mooch gets the boot. And all hell breaks loose. So at least we got the last half hour of it, which I think was wonderful and fun. And I, I hope you appreciated it. And I hope you followed through with, uh, with Chris after, the sh- after my show with the Liberty Love and Latino. And, and then I'm sure all the other speculation that's been going on all day. But I cannot believe that it is still consuming the news today. It truly is. I- I'll bet you the story is going to last longer than his tenure. And there's so much more to talk about. There's so many other newsworthy things. But I do want to try and get to some of the... Some of the comedy that came out of the out of the Mooch story. And yes, today we're going to take on some significant topics. I I feel it's incumbent upon me to get into uh, some serious topics today. And I I, I teased the fact online and on the, the promo in Glenn Beck's show that uh, we're going to talk about a serious topic that might render me or have me called un-American. Seriously. And, and we'll get to it. At the, at the bottom of the hour, there's going to be a, a serious discussion with a former NFL player about, about whether or not it's time for the NFL to go. And, and we'll get into that. But first, I have to get into what I thought was one of the greatest things about the changes in the White House is not the fact that uh, there's turmoil, because turmoil is, I think, okay. It forces people to show their hand. We get to see how people are as they perform under stress. You see the real person in battlefield conditions. You see the real individual come forward. They break through whatever veneer they have put on themselves. And, uh, you know, the, this, this story doesn't quite go all the way up to the president, but we assume that the president okayed it because General Kelly, I believe, was the guy behind this. I said this from the beginning when we first heard that, that the mooch was out. I said, I think this is Kelly. 
making sure that everything goes through him, reorganizing. This is not, this is not a, a loose cannon you can have running around the White House when you have a military guy at the head of it. So I feel good about what we said yesterday, and I, I think we're, we're being uh, borne out by what you're hearing today. Now, of course, when, when, when Steve uh, or when uh, Anthony Minucci was uh, given, uh, Scaramucci was given the Minucci, I just put Steve Minuchin and, and Anthony Scaramucci into one person. Lack of sleep, sorry. But uh, Anthony Scaramucci was given the boot when the Mooch was sent home and literally walked out of the building, which I think is significant. We talked about that briefly. Um, when he was sent out, it triggered a comedy avalanche and all the late night shows. And the one guy who has made more, more uh, success out of, the, out of the Donald Trump presidency and mocking it is Stephen Colbert. Now, Colbert and I disagree. I'm, I'm happy that Donald Trump is the president. And Colbert really should be happy because it has feathered his nest to the tune of expanded ratings. Before Donald Trump was elected president, Stephen Colbert was almost out of the late night business. It was almost like, well, we tried Colbert. He was not going to ever live up to David Letterman. It, let's get somebody else. And then Donald Trump happened. And it became the perfect foil for Colbert. So when last night happened, Scaramucci's dismissal became became schadenfreude for Stephen Colbert. And those of you that don't know what that is, that is the, the pleasure people take at the misfortune of others. Schadenfreude. Thank you, Germany. And so last night, Colbert came out and he did a very lengthy, a very lengthy uh, monologue about it. I'm just going to give you a couple of the highlights. This was Stephen Colbert and his Scaramucci schadenfreude from last night's monologue. The Mooch lasted as communications director for only 10 days. 10. That's not even a whole pay period. His going away party can serve what's left of his welcome cake. They can change congratulations to congratulator. But you know what they say, out with the old, in with the new, out with the new. I don't care who you are, that's funny stuff. They can serve what's left of his welcome cake as his farewell cake. Congratulator, he continued, and it got better. I guess it's time to say goodbye. Anthony Scaramucci, we hardly knew Chi. We hardly knew Chi, and then Colbert did what I thought was the, uh, the cherry on top of his comedic monologue last night. He used the, the frequent reference to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody and the farewell of Anthony Scaramucci to channel his inner mooch and give us a little bit of a musical entertainment. To the White House, said some dumb stuff. Now I'm out. Mama, my job had just begun, and now I've gone and 
He continues, I have to tell you, I have great respect for the comedy writers. And you know that Saturday Night Live is kicking themselves for not being around at this time of year because the the removal, dismissal of of Sean Spicer, followed by Reince Priebus, followed by Scaramucci here. <laughs> it would have been comedy gold for SNL. And as... As that guy over at CNN said, SNL didn't even have a chance to cast Scaramucci, and he's gone. Ten days. But uh, a tip of the comedy hat to Stephen Colbert. If you can't find that funny, then I don't think you're being honest. I really don't think you're being honest. It's, it's one of those things that we have to say, you know what? Every now and then we have to understand that both sides poke fun at each other. Both sides have a little bit of laughter at the expense of the other side. And if you can't do it, then you're just not being truthful. Seriously. So good for you. Good for you. Let's see. Coming up today. Oh, by the way, a little calendar alert. Uh, I have a feeling Friday show is going to be very interesting. Friday show is going to be very interesting for a couple of reasons. We have the the writer of Sharknado 5 joining us on Saturday, on Friday, and uh, he'll be talking about the weekend's premiere of Sharknado 5. So we'll get an inside scoop on that, and why wouldn't you want to hear about that? But also, Auntie Max, Maxine Waters, no, Maxine Waters has not agreed to come on this show. Maxine Waters will never agree to come on this show unless someone tells her, it's my last day. But Maxine Waters is going to be joining the ladies on The View. And I, I, I can only imagine they have gone all in on supporting. Uh, well, let's see. They've gone most in on supporting Maxine Waters. I don't think Jedediah Bila has taken the Kool-Aid yet on Maxine Waters. But the California congresswoman who is uh, now actually honestly trying to tell people she's considering running for president if someone if the millennials would tell her they wanted her maxine waters would consider a run for the white house are, are you kidding me that would be a greater gift to comedy for those of us on the right than scaramucci was for the people on the left i please god if if I deserve anything in terms of good stuff this year to happen to me, please allow Maxine Waters to continue chasing whatever crazy dream she has caused by whatever senior medication she's taking and let her run for president. Please let Maxine Waters run for president. It would be the greatest gift you could do for us, God. And it would be fabulous. But Friday on The View... Maxine Waters joins the ladies plus and that's just before this show in the East Coast. So we'll be able to grab whatever stupidity happens on that show and share it with you. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's Thursday's going to be like Christmas Eve around here. So Friday cannot come too quickly. So Maxine Waters Day on Friday. It's Sharknado Day on Friday's show. And when we get back, uh, we'll do a little seriosity here. We'll do some serious stuff because some real serious stuff happened at the White House yesterday. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll take on this NFL question with a former player. 
and you want to join in the conversation. The phone number, 888 This is Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a, um, a day that promises to be busy as well as uh, touching on some heavy subjects. As we're about to dive into, at the bottom of the hour, the question about the NFL and traumatic brain injuries and the latest information we've seen. And I, I think it's going to be one that you're going to want to be a part of. So um, feel free to join the conversation, 888-900-3393. The one person I haven't asked about this is Jeffy, whose son was almost in the NFL. He, he had a, a tryout and had a pretty close shot with the, with the New England Patriots. And um, I, I thought, I thought uh, it's probably a topic that Jeffy has has dealt with or considered. So with his son playing college football, being a top prospect for the NFL, and I think but for an injury, he would have been there. That's a subject he's probably addressed. And so maybe maybe we'll be able to get Jeffy to weigh in on this. I know he's doing 100 million things every day, all day. So a, a topic that I think is hits close to home for many people. Yesterday, speaking of hitting close to home, yesterday was a special day at the White House as President Trump paid tribute to Army veteran uh, James McLuhan, James C. McLuhan, for his service to this nation during the Vietnam War. And as I was talking about this earlier, I said uh, James McLuhan won the Medal of Honor, and you don't win the Medal of Honor. You are awarded the Medal of Honor. So thank you, um, unnamed person who corrected me in our conversation. I appreciate, I appreciate getting it right, and I think that's that's uh, critical. So yesterday, as all of all of the other drama around the changes in the White House were happening and unfolding, President Trump gathered with a, a few members of the military who are still with us, who are Medal of Honor winners, and. Uh, he, he paid tribute to James C. McLuhan. We award our nation's highest military honor to Specialist 5, James C. McLuhan. The president went on to say that McLuhan has earned his place among legends. McLuhan from Michigan was a medic. Talk about a tough gig serving in the military, a, maggot, a medic in the field, in battle, in combat. He was credited with saving the lives of um, soldiers, uh, many soldiers, after being wounded himself. McLuhan, while he was injured, risked his life no less than nine times after he was hit with shrapnel from an RPG, a rocket-propelled grenade. The president talked about McLuhan literally crawling through a rice paddy to help fellow soldiers, and he would not be deterred. 
nor did it stop him from answering the plea of another wounded comrade and carrying him to safety atop his own badly injured body. How many people do we know that are capable of doing the things that these heroes do? How many people do we know who would volunteer to put themselves on the line like this? James McLuhan fought in a war that was so wildly unpopular it changed this nation forever. James McLuhan fought for this nation and fought in that war in Vietnam and and earned every single bit of honor that he gets from that Medal of Honor. James McLuhan, honored by the president, as the president talked about how he risked his life no fewer, no less than nine times. As he cared for two soldiers, shrapnel from a rocket-propelled grenade slashed open the back of Jim's body from head to foot. Imagine that. Imagine that metal, hot metal exploding and ripping through your back from the, from the top of your head to your feet. And you're just trying to do your job. You're trying to help, help the guys, your comrades, who are, who are lying in the same rice paddy, struggling to stay alive. James McLuhan, I wonder why it took this long to get this award to this hero. He crawled through a rice paddy thick with bullets all over the place. As soldiers watched him, they were sure that was the last time they would see Doc. Unbelievable, right? Doc, as McLuhan was known. A true American hero. It's stuff like this that, that makes me wish that the president would realize that's the tone I would love to hear from him every single day. I know he's got to be blunt and up front and, and go straight at some of the people he considers to be uh, fighting against him. But I just wish that that same tone, that same presidential nature could invade and infect Donald J. Trump throughout all of his administration. And I think that would create a very, very different tone. I also think it would make the media respect the man a bit more. Because I think the media would change its attitude towards this president if he would carry himself and comport himself differently. And you might disagree. But that's okay. That's what this, this crazy country of ours is all about. I appreciated that ceremony yesterday. I, I sincerely appreciated that. I thought this was just a, a fantastic contrast and something we all needed. I just wish more people were aware of it and more people saluted heroes like this. When we get back, let's talk about football. Can we? Where do you stand? Where do you stand on the NFL? Would you let your kids play full tackle football these days? We'll talk about it with a former NFL player, a guy we've had on before, and I respect the hell out of him. Burgess Owens joins us just around the corner on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka on this uh, beautiful Tuesday up in the Northeast. I will tell you the the temperatures are tolerable, but we're we're headed to the uncomfortable part of the season, you know, the dog days of summer. And I am thankful for air conditioning every single day of my life. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll get through it. We're indoors. We're, we're working. We're not tarring roofs like some of the hardworking folks are out there. So I'm, I'm very happy and very blessed for that. I was talking about, about the, the NFL and coming back from Las Vegas from Freedom Fest I remember the the incident I experienced a few years ago when I ran into NFL great, the Kansas Comet, Gale Sayers, a guy who played for the Chicago Bears, who was somebody that I idolized as a young guy. I could have never run a, a tenth as fast as Gale Sayers, but it was great to watch him. And when I went to get an autographed picture at this memorabilia store where Sayers was making an appearance, I discovered the sad reality that that he can't write his own name, really. It took five efforts. Five pictures were ruined because he couldn't spell his own name. It took him a while, and it was heartbreaking. And then since that time, we've seen different studies that show that there are some links between NFL players and and uh, traumatic brain injury, CTE as it's, as it's known by the abbreviated form, the NFL head trauma story. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is the, the medical term, and I probably won't get it again correctly. And um, I want to have a discussion about this and whether or not parents would let their kids play football knowing that some of this possibility exists, especially when we see people like the, um, the um, Baltimore Ravens player who's decided to go to MIT and get his doctorate in mathematics instead of playing in the NFL. And there's a guy I respect greatly because he has been on the show twice before, uh, former NFL player, despite his career with the New York Jets. Uh, as, a, as a bear, I have to take exception to that. But Burgess Owens, an author uh, who, who I really respect for his clear thinking on, on, on politics and liberalism and turning... Uh, our, our men into wimps, weenies, and whiners, uh, is, is joining us today to talk about the subject. Welcome back, sir. I appreciate you being here on short notice. But thank you so much, and great talking with you again. I, I enjoyed our conversation before, and I look forward to this one for sure. Well, this is, this is interesting because I've noticed, um, I've noticed that, that uh, media outlets have picked up on the clarity that's available in the wisdom of Burgess Owens recently when people were talking about what happened to the NFL and its popularity over the last year, uh, that was related more to the Colin Kaepernick protests and the national anthem. And, uh, you know, I, I have a brother who stopped watching NFL football. I stopped watching pro football because of Kaepernick. And I told him I had lost some of my interest in the game because of it. But, you know, on Sundays, I always check out what the Bears are up to, and maybe it's I'm a glutton for punishment. But I understand why, why people would kind of get turned off after that. But now we're starting to hear this, um, this cry for, for making, um, maybe making the NFL be on an, uh, on an endangered species list in terms of sports. And as a guy who was there, how do you feel about this, sir? 
Well, I tell you, uh, and, and first of all, I appreciate the introductory. I, I had no idea. Gail Seals was also one of my, my heroes. Uh, he came before my time, and he was one of the first. And I'm so sorry to hear that uh, that's happened with him. But it, it is becoming a very um, um, uh, something that's, that's happening that we're seeing quite a bit now. I just lost a, one of my former teammates uh, to something that was happening to brain-related injuries. Oh, and no. and I, I think what, what, what it is is, first of all, the game itself, there's so much to learn from it. I, I'm thankful that I played the game of football, that I came through the way I did. I gained my confidence, uh, my boldness. I learned a lot about uh, facing fear. So there's a lot of, of great life lessons. I think what we're also dealing with now is now that we're becoming educated in terms of what the dangers are, we can be a little bit smarter about approaching the game. Uh, I think at the end of the day, there's going to be risk in anything we do that's be worthwhile. But that's another part of the lessons of this, this game. There is a risk factor, and we just have to figure out how to mitigate that risk at the same time, allow kids to, to go out and, and, and utilize their talents to find their self-esteem and and find a way to to uh, to voice their their their, uh, their strengths. So it is it is it's a fine line. We have to figure out how to how to make that work. You bring up a really a really important point about what sports does overall for kids, and we've we've long seen government studies showing that kids' partici- participation in sports in school keeps them out of trouble in other areas. But you brought up the really key point. If you if you really put yourself into a team and become part of a team, you learn different things. You learn teamwork, number one, but you also learn, as you said, confidence. Because if you're playing a role on that team, you have to be confident in yourself and your ability to execute that job that you're assigned as part of that team and help the team stay together. So that's one of those things that I, I think we don't talk about enough with kids in sports. So that's a great thing to bring up. Yeah. But, there's a couple things. There's a couple yeah. things, and, and one is you're now talking to someone who was extremely shy when I came out of high school, and uh, my shyness was I didn't want to be I didn't want to become a leader, but I didn't see myself as being a spokesman. So I just worked harder to do the things on the field to to earn the respect. And through that process, I learned a lot about myself. I gained some confidence, and here we are talking now, and I'm able to speak in front of people that I never would have done if not been for that for the for the game of sports. So there, there's a lot, and there's another facet that. Unfortunately, our young quarterback did not learn. The game of sports is all about, and the game of winning is about, all about harmony. At the end of the day, no matter what area you're involved, what area of, of work you're involved with, if you don't have a harmonious environment, there's not going to be a, a happy, moving forward environment. When you look at a young man like Kaepernick, who got a, had very selfish-centered uh, agenda, and, and a, not a very smart way of approaching his game. When he looks down the, the sideline, he sees this diverse group of, of players with all education, all um, religions and, and, and colors. He should have understood that at the end of the day, that is what is represented by that flag and not his agenda to get somebody elected. So there's another part of that that's, that we need to learn through this process. That is, anything you do, you need to figure out how to bring a harmonious environment into that situation. If you do not do that, you're going to lose. No matter what, what what game you're playing, what what, uh, what job you're in, and uh, and that that's the lesson that came out of for me out of the game of football about teamwork. Well, I, I love hearing that. I, I absolutely love hearing that 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 message of you're you're not the the only in this situation. The game is bigger than most of all of us. And Burgess right. Owens is is with us today. We're talking about football. We're talking about CTE and the latest study. There were 111 brains donated to the NFL from former players, the families of former players, 
to be studied. And of those 111 donated, they found varying degrees of injury to the brain from repetitive concussive strikes, you know, head-to-head combat, et cetera, whatever it was. And you, we already discount a little bit that it was almost 100% because I don't think you'd donate a brain if you, yeah. if you didn't think there was a problem. So we, we kind of knew the stats would be high. But some of the head trauma numbers from legitimate studies, Burgess, have shown as, me, as much as 40% of former NFL players are experiencing issues. And you yeah. played you played at least 10 years, correct? Have you yeah, had any correct. problems? No, I haven't. And I, I'm fortunate, though, and I, I look back on this, and I think about the guys who are in the trenches, those guys on the line, the linebackers, the ones that are hitting pretty much almost every single play. And that's where the issues, the issues happen. And, and, again, a lot of it is because we came to an era where we just were not aware. I mean, during my time, somebody comes out feeling woozy, just a little, a little, little snap, a little thing on your nose, you go back out, and you're ready to play again. And at the end of the day, the tougher you were, the more you were available to go through the process, the more respect you had. So we now have under, come to understand that those, that's not a very smart way of approaching it. And, and they're now looking at it scientifically of what happens to the brain when you go through these, these injuries. So uh, I, I was fortunate. I was a defensive back. Um, if I got eight, eight tackles a game, I was, that was a very good game for me. Uh, so it, it was a different profession, but at, at, I mean, different uh, uh position. But at the end of the day, I think we're smarter about how we're approaching it. I, I just still would have no problems as long as I knew that my son was, was being coached correctly, um, that, that the health issues were being uh, addressed correctly. I would have no problems still today having my son play football because there's so much to be gained out of that and basketball, all the other sports. There's so much to learn from it, but you're based on um, where his talent might be and his interest and desire. I would still have no problem today um, encourage him to, to play. That's, that's a, a, a great way to look at it. And I also believe, Burgess, that we are, we are capable of making cars that can travel around these racetracks at 225, 230 miles an hour, slam into a wall, and guys can walk away from it. And I'm sure there have been concussions in car racing. But I, I got to believe the technology is there for us to protect the brains of the people who are out there that that will be able to make sure that there isn't a, a head trauma delivered yes. by multiple multiple contact of you know <laughs> these 300 pound guys bouncing off each other on every play i have to believe that the technology can be there but you know i i also want people to be able to play the game reap the rewards for being superior athletes and then go on to enjoy the benefits in in their retirement and have a have a great life. But uh, you know, it's just it's something yeah. I'm worried about. Uh, but I love hearing your confidence in in the sport and the uh, the technology that can make it happen. So you you would say you'd be you'd be cool with your son playing football at, at any and, level. And, yeah, but let me just say what, what what you just expressed in your own, your own way. You just expressed confidence in our free enterprise American. Uh, ingenuity to find answers. And at the end of the day, that is what's made us so unique. We now know there is a problem. We didn't know that 40 years ago. We know the problem. We know that and there's, there's people out there trying to, today to figure out how can I make income to make sure that our kids are safer, that the game can, continues to progress, and the NFL remains a, a, a power. So at the end of the day, I truly believe that you're right. There are people today trying to figure out how to make sure now that we know there's an issue, what is the solution, and how can we create a, an income flow based on that solution? I think there will be. 
And at the same time, we just have to be, again, very careful as parents to be aware of what the problems are, be aware of our children, the issues they're dealing with. And if, if, there, if I have a, a son that it has a propensity toward concussions, then we will go in a different direction. I didn't. I was very fortunate not to have that problem. Some kids do. So those are things that, that have to be kind of weighed as we go through the process. But I truly do believe that we'll find a solution, as you just mentioned. We, we do it with these cars. We can do it with, with, with football players running into each other. Um, from your lips to God's ears into the brains of the inventors, Burgess Owens is his name, his book, which I do think you should pick up if you haven't already. He's been on the show twice before. Liberalism or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. He is a, a guy who knows about the gridiron because he was there for a decade. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to even go back to the Jets. You guys broke my heart too many times <laughs> taking on the Bears. Sir, you are welcome here anytime. You know that. If you ever have an issue that needs to be addressed, open door anytime, Burgess. And, Buck, let me just say this. This is the way America gets it done. You have a venue. I have a voice and a message. Together we get the American people educated, and we win. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, Buck. Thank you, sir. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. By the way, our last guest, Burgess Owens. You can find out more about him, BurgessOwensTalks.com. BurgessOwensTalks.com. And he is, uh, he, he's been on here before, and I love to tease him about the, his time with the New York Jets and my Chicago Bear fandom. But he was a first-round draft pick. Of the Jets, 13th pick overall. There's a guy with some skills. And in his time as a safety, he obviously didn't spend as much time getting his head cracked as the men who play on the offensive and defensive lines. So uh, let's hope Burgess Owen stays healthy for a long time to come. He's got a lot to do and a lot to say. I have posted, I have posted online the uh, vital question of the day as it relates to this question, and I'd love to hear from you because uh, I really do think it's a topic we need to talk about. Considering the latest data from the NFL on brain injuries, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? Currently, very early voting, 56% of you say no, you wouldn't. 13% cannot decide. And uh, 31% say, yeah, of course. But it's very, very early, initial. And, and the, NFL, uh, the NFL, I'm sure, you know what, I should, have, I should have hashtagged them in this. Perhaps somebody retweets it, they will um, hashtag or add, add the at NFL reading. That's what I don't like about Twitter. You can't go back in and edit like you can on Facebook when you make a mistake. Oh, well, you can't have everything. But uh, weigh in. And if you want to voice your opinion on this, too, 888-900-3393, I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. And I, I think we need to know more. and We need to make sure the helmets are good. For years and years and years, 
helmets were really not as, as strong and as impact deadening as they are now. Maybe that's the answer. When the technology's right, we move forward. Taking a break. When we get back, we'll tackle some of the other news of the day, including Pelosi. She can't be honest. Why? Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Second hour of today's program. Boy, the first hour flew by. We we covered a... What I think is going to be a pretty interesting debate and a hot topic, and it's on the Twitter as we speak. And I would love for you to weigh in. Some of you already have via the Twitter poll. I do post a vital question almost each and every day. And I think it's important for us to, to, to kind of keep asking questions like this. And it's now starting to pop. The vital question of the day, considering the latest data from the NFL and the autopsies that were done recently on 111 former NFL players' brains, showing 110 of them had varying signs of CTE, which is a, a, a brain injury. Some of them just minor and some of them horrific. That affects cognitive skills, memory, all, all kinds of things in the brains of these athletes. Considering all this data from the NFL on brain injuries, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? And currently, 54% of you are saying no, absolutely not. 37% say yes, and 9% are still kind of thinking about it. We talked with Burgess Owens, who played in the NFL for 10 seasons, played, played defense, He, although he was... He... Um, he was in, in the safety and defensive back position, so he wasn't on the line getting his head cracked every time. There were, I'm sure, instances where they, um, where they had these, these hits that could be considered very difficult. So if you have a thought on this, be, I'd love to, I'll stop whatever I'm doing at any time today to, to have a conversation about it. 888 Richard Silikowski joined us on Twitter and said, and I coached Pop Warner. Hard to explain what changed. And I'm not, I'm not sure I understand, Richard, if you want to give us a holler, if you want to shoot us a, a call, 888 I'd love to hear from people out there. You know, I, I just, I go back to, my limited experience playing football as a kid, I played through through grammar school. I did not play in high school. And um, I know this is going to elicit some laughter from some of you. But I, I tried out for my high school football team, and I, 
I ended up uh, I ended up as a cheerleader. Yes, it was much safer on the side lifting young young teen girls as a young teen cheerleader. And it, it, frankly, it was it was much better for me because I would have been an incompetent football player. But I I wonder about some of the folks. We hear about so many of these quarterbacks who've suffered concussion after concussion. And what's going to happen 10 years down the line? So uh, I want to know what you guys think. Today's big story out of D.C., uh, it's a combination of still blowback from the Scaramucci termination and General Kelly's reordering of the White House and as he is now settling in on day two as chief of staff. I already think, I already think the White House is probably running a little bit tighter today with the general at the helm. Probably got, I wonder if Steve Bannon combed his hair. Just a weird, I know it's a strange question, but I always look at Steve Bannon, he kind of looks like this nutty professor running around the White House. And no, I'm not a big Steve Bannon fan, so uh, if that offends you, I'm sorry. But uh, I, I think the general's probably starting to, to dig in and, and lay down some rules, and I think that's good for people. I think uh, people respect what you inspect. No? People respect what you inspect. And I think there wasn't a whole lot of inspection going on in the previous administration, so uh, anything will help. So good for you, general. But the president is now in the hot seat, as is his lawyer, Jay Sekulow, over this uh, Washington Post story, which claims that Donald Trump dictated the memo, the statement from Donald Trump Jr. regarding the meeting, that infamous meeting with uh, Veselnitskaya and the seven other, six other people. That Was it about collusion? But they're saying that the, the statement from Donald Trump Jr. was misleading. And so that may be uh, obstruction. And the minute the story broke last night, Keith Olbermann, who I hope has, I hope Keith Olbermann has chiropractic insurance because Keith Olbermann, Keith Olbermann uh, stretching so far to immediately take whispers of a rumor that Donald Trump dictated a memo on Air Force One that may have been considered to be misleading or not completely true, that this was going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and puts Donald Trump in pinstripes. I'm sorry, in prison stripes and not pinstripes. That's, I, I just wish somebody could get Keith Olbermann to calm down. Olbermann and MSNBC have lost it. But they're not alone, you see. You heard, you heard Stephen Carell singing, or Stephen Colbert singing earlier. I played you... Colbert singing from last night when he sang his little Scaramucci song. But they're, they're also, um, the, the president seems to be inspiring singing from other members of the press as well. I, I thought last night on CNN that I actually heard Chris, Chris Saliza singing. It was Saliza who was inspired, or was it this morning? He was inspired to, um, to sing concerning uh, Trump and and what was going on. Now I just have to find it. It was here a moment ago. But Chris Saliza was singing uh, 
Billy Joel's You May Be Right, I May Be Crazy, But It Just May Be a Lunatic You're Looking For. And this was in relation to the statements from Jay Sekulow about Donald Trump and whether or not Trump knew anything about this meeting, whether or not Donald Trump dictated the memo, and whether or not Sekulow or Trump knew anything about this whole affair. So I'm, I'm wondering how far this is going to go. I'm wondering how long this distraction is going to take over the headlines while North Korea tries to launch a, a missile from a submarine, as we've now heard their submarine activity. I'm wondering how long this is going to continue as we hear that Russia is, in fact, considering this giant military exercise in August, at the end of August, with as many as 100,000 troops out there. I'm wondering how far this is going to go in taking the attention of the military as the, as the White House and the Congress appear to be paralyzed by all of this and we get nothing going on uh, infrastructure. We already, I think most of us have kind of uh, acquiesced to the belief that healthcare is not going to change, that we're not going to see any great advancement in healthcare at all. So I wonder, I wonder about this latest distraction. How much more and how many more are going to come about? And I do believe that the, that the, um, the general, General Kelly, will bring order that will eventually tap, tamp down all of this, all of this stuff, and hopefully allow us to move forward. Now, if you listen to Glenn this morning, and I, ho I hope you did, Glenn brought about some really interesting thoughts about how this breaks down and how the, how the, uh, the White House is broken into different factions. And I do think Glenn nailed it specifically on two different levels. If you heard the first hour of the show, you heard me replay some clips from the president awarding the Medal of Honor to a soldier, a guy who fought in Vietnam. And you heard the reverence in, in the president's voice. And Glenn talked about the respect Donald Trump has for the military and the respect that they give him because they do salute their commander in chief, because they do respect the office. And I think that they understand more about Donald Trump than just the mainstream media does. And I think Glenn nailed it when he talked about family. So if Donald Trump will pivot to respecting the military and dealing with him the way they deal with him. So if Trump treats the military the way they treat him as commander in chief and gives them the same amount of respect, I think that'll be very good for this White House. And if the family respects the general and the general's wishes to control the flow of information in and out of the Oval Office, I think that will be key. The wild card here for me goes back to the nutty professor that I talked about earlier. The nutty professor. The guy with the wild hair. The guy I met with almost three years ago, be three years ago this fall. I thought he was crazy then. Maybe crazy like a fox. I think the key here is, will Bannon move forward or will Bannon move out? I think that's the wild card now in getting this White House in order. Just a thought. Just my own personal thought. 
When we get back, it's uh, it's Pelosi time. Yeah, it's Pelosi time. We have to talk about Pelosi and, and the new deal, the better deal. The new better deal. The new improved. It's It strengthens. It lengthens. It It does your laundry. The Democrats. New better deal. And why Nancy Pelosi just can't be honest. That's next. I'm Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Mike Opelka here, you there. And I believe there's somebody on on the phone, but my call screen software is not helping today. So uh, enter and sign in, please. Who do we have on the phone today? That would be Frank and P.A. Oh, the one, the only, the legend, the man, the myth, Frank and P.A. How how are you today, hey, sir? I'm good. Um, I was going to say, well, a couple things. First of all, Trump may have crashed our party, but he never apologized the next day, so it doesn't fit the song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the concussion thing with football. I have had three concussions in my life, only one from football. That was midget football. Uh I'm sorry, little people football, but uh, yeah, when I was when I was little, I played uh, midget football, and uh, I one day I struck so hard helmet to helmet that I got uh, like a shock down my spine and couldn't feel my legs. They had to take me to the hospital. One day, my dad wasn't there to watch practice too, so he was having out to dinner with mom. Uh, they got called away from that to come uh, come collect me at the hospital. Uh, the other two times were. Uh, uh, not sports related. They were uh, one was an auto accident, and one was I think I just fell and struck my head. Uh, I, I I'm not going to say they don't have lasting impacts, uh, and I'm sure the more you have concussive force, the you know the the greater the impact is. But I would never think of keeping a child from engaging in football or sledding. Or you know, skiing or any of the other sports that, that everybody just skateboarding. Everybody decides everything is the worst thing ever, and they kind of keep their kids away. What are we going to bubble wrap them? The, at least to a certain age, you're going to recover from your injuries, for the most part. That's why yeah, I it, see it. It's it's very interesting, Frank. And you've had three concussions. I, I had one. I had a pretty serious bike wreck when I was 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. And I was I was out. There was a part yep. of my life that I either was abducted by aliens or I had a bad bike rack and I and I cracked my head and ended up, uh, you know, my mom being told to wake me up every hour to make sure I was OK. But when you talk about that shock to the top of your head and it, you know, it going through your spine and you feeling it and then losing feeling in your feet and your legs as a kid. I got a chill from that because I remember some of that. Now, I'm fortunate that I haven't had any others. And, and you've had three, which I think is probably, judging from what I've read, I think a lot of people have one or two concussions or three concussions in their life. 
But some of these football players, some of these people, race car drivers, football players, you just mentioned skiers, which is, yeah, yeah that's a big deal. You, you fall skiing and your head snaps and you hit that snow. It's not soft and puffy everywhere. There's a lot of ice there. So th- yeah, no, there is trees out there, Mike. I've seen them. Yes, ask Sonny Bono in heaven yeah, when well, you see him. Uh, but, yeah, there, so there, there is inherent danger in going out of the house. And, you know, you're right. What are we going to do, bubble wrap kids? We bubble wrap their spirits, in my mind, in the last couple of decades. And now we're going to make them so insulated and isolated that they're going to have no life experience. But I also don't want to be stupid. And I think, I think science can lead here, Frank. I think, we, I think we can make progress. But currently, 52% say no, 40% say yes, and 8% are undecided on the question, would you, would you based on what, what we know now about the NFL and, and long-lasting effects of, of brain injuries, would you let your kid play full-contact football? Uh, I, side I, with, I answered yes. Yeah, you did. Do you have children? I have three. My youngest is 11. She's a girl. She's not likely to play football. So, I mean, I'm safe answering that. But I, would, I wouldn't have never hold my child back from playing football at, at a young age. Maybe as they got older, it, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I want them to have some experience, at least something that we can both relate to that we've done. Well, that's interesting. That's a, a, a very interesting perspective to look at it from a shared experience thing as a parent. And I hadn't even taken that into account. Uh, Burgess Owens, the guy who was on earlier, I just think the world of him, uh, he brought some real clarity to it, too. But it, it's, uh, it's something I bet we're going to see because somewhere in this country, Frank, I am betting there are boardrooms full of lawyers who are preparing some kind of suits against the NFL, uh, the Pop Warner Football Leagues, etc., to either put restrictions or limitations on the games going forward. I- I'm not saying that we're a litigious society, but you can't turn on daytime television without being bombarded with prescriptions or lawsuits for prescriptions that screwed people up. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, well, they, they even invite the dead to sue. I mean, if you listen to the commercial carefully, if you, if you were, were made ill or, or died, you should call because you, you might be owed money. Those lawyers That's are right. rough. And um, though that, that money could pay for your final expenses, which we all know is very important these days. <laughs> Once you're dead, you're really concerned. If, if, if you have to um, protect your children from... The obvious things that's fine but i think there's also there's a lot of value in the experiences that you allow them to have and uh, we grew up you're you're a little older than me so we grew up no seat belts climbing over the seats no bike helmets shoulder pads knee pads on the bicycle uh i mean we we were pretty rough. We didn't have motorcycle helmets on dirt bikes when you know when I was little. We were, you know, rough and ready kids. And some, and I can remember a few tragedies where people were lost growing up, uh, and they had a bad accident, and people were like, "Oh well," you know. But we kept going. We didn't give up. We didn't. And I don't think anybody sued when when something bad happened. It wasn't that bad. Uh, but you, you got to let kids have experience. 
Well, I'm I'm totally with you, and I appreciate you, Frank. I'm about to come up upon a break, and I didn't even get to my silly Nancy Pelosi stuff, which I will. Oh, but I always appreciate. Her. Oh, darn. Appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Calm down. <laughs> uh, I appreciate. Have a good one, Mike. Chiming in. Thank you, sir. There goes Frank in PA, one of the regulars here on on Pure Opelka. When we get back, yeah, we'll get to Pelosi. I I, I shake my head every time she speaks, and. Today is no exception. But join the conversation as well. 888-900-3393. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, uh, I have to remind you, you need to get your life, your freedom, everything in your world back if it's all being delayed because you have chronic pain. And one of the ways you can do it, it works for about 80% of the people who actually try it, is relief factor. I use Relief Factor. It's a high-quality fish oil, essential nutrients. It's all botanical stuff. It's not pharmaceutical stuff. It's, it's natural. And that wild-harvested, high-quality fish oil combined with those nutrients makes the, the knees and the hips and the back in me stop being so irritated. And inflammation goes away, and so the pain goes away. So uh, I got the relief I needed from Relief Factor. It's made by physicians to fight those aches and pains caused by inflammation. So I've started using it in uh, April, April 7th. Eight days later, I noticed, geez, I didn't need to take anything anymore uh, with the normal everyday aches and pains I had from all those years of beating the hell out of my body, running marathons and training for marathons, etc. So it works for me. And people who order the three-week quick start pack, they find 80% of those people who, who order that three-week quick start pack for $19.95, buy it again. So if you want to get rid of the pain, you want to get out there and get back to your life, may I suggest Relief Factor? You can pick up the phone and call them, or you can look them up at relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or the phone number. 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. The three-week quick start pack is the way to get started. 95 cents a day, less than a cup of coffee. Most people see results in seven to 10 days. Don't wait. Relief factor. You know, I meant to get to this Nancy Pelosi story, but I think it's always better to talk to people who are, are with you, guests who are with you. And uh, we, we have a vital question of the day that seems to have sparked a considerable debate among the radio audience. The question is, considering the latest data from the NFL on brain injuries, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? And one of our friends from Louisiana is checking in. Patrick in Louisiana. 
Good morning or good afternoon or welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> good afternoon. Um, no, my son does play full contact. Um, had an incident last year with uh, one of the young coaches who had played college ball and uh, last year played some uh, professional uh, Canadian football. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was, he was in his early 20s. He, you know, didn't know his own strength. And he really hit my son too hard, even with it being a pad, and, and bounced him off the ground. Um, wow. People felt 20 feet away. Um, we had two officers that, that were on the coaching staff that checked him out for a concussion. And honestly, the only reason I think he didn't end up with one is we spent the extra money on a helmet that, that the colleges are using. See, I... I think you've hit on something here, Patrick. I do believe in technology. I'm an early adopter of computer technology. Like I said, I'm a guy who can't wait to get my hands on my Tesla 3, and it's going to be 11 months. But I believe technology can allow us to continue doing the things we enjoy doing, but take some of the risk out. And so uh, I, I applaud you for being a smart parent and trying to get your kid the best protection possible. Not everybody can do that. And I know, I know that one of the arguments, Patrick, here is that to outfit a child to play, let's say, high school football, to correctly outfit that child with the right equipment, protection equipment, et cetera, cleats, uh, mouth guard, shin guards, all the body armor you need to play football, costs upwards of $200, $250 per child. Whereas soccer is is about fifty bucks for shoes and a shirt and shorts. Absolutely, I mean, but you know, it, what's what's it cost to, to to buy the gear for to protect yourself from riding a motorcycle? I mean, it it all comes down to what's your passion, what are you, the parents and 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 the supporters of the school willing to put into it? Uh, I've got some friends back home that. Their son's a freshman in high school. He's 6'3", 208 pounds, and the high school's providing him special gear to protect his knees and ankles. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm, I'm happy well, I mean, to hear yeah. that, that people are taking responsibility. But uh, you as a parent, you're, you're cool with your child to continue playing uh, full-contact tackle football. Absolutely. After, you know... It, he got over being stunned after about 20, 25 minutes, and the officers checked him out for concussion. He wanted to go back and get to practice. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I just, um, I'm, I'm happy to hear parents' engagement on this is, uh, is beyond just the, the plain normal, hey, let me sign the permission slip. Parents are actually trying to get involved, make sure the kids are protected right with the right equipment. And I, I love hearing about this. I'm obviously nervous about it because I happen to be a football fan. But I, I, I don't know if you heard the story earlier. My heart broke when I met one of my heroes from my childhood, Gail Sayers, and he can't write his name because his his all the hits, I'm imagining. Because, you know, football helmets in the 60s and 70s were kind of like, uh, well, it's like putting a, a plastic bowl on your head. That was about it. There wasn't a whole lot of padding in there. Well, the, the man that... Uh, taught me to play football was my grandfather, and he played when there was no face mask, and it was leather helmets. So. 
I just can't imagine. You know, we talk about tough guys today. Those were some tough people that played football in the in the 30s, 40s, and 50s when when nobody had a face mask. And like you said, some of them just wore a leather helmet that they looked like a World War II pilot with goggles on them. <laughs> craziness. I certainly appreciate you joining the conversation today. What part of Louisiana are you calling from, Patrick? Uh, I'm just outside Baton Rouge. We talked the heck last week. Oh, that's it. You're absolutely right. I was going to say, I bet it's Baton Rouge, and that's the Patrick who was here with us. Really appreciate you being here, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you for your time, Mike. Have a great day. If you want to weigh in on the conversation, you can via the phone, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Or you can go to Twitter, at StuntBrain is my Twitter handle, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. You can search for Mike Opelka. And I think I will show up there as well. But the question is simple. Considering all this data from the NFL on brain injuries, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? It'll be ongoing. Uh, We're having this conversation today amid all the other news about uh, the politics and what's happening out of D.C. I also also read uh, something weird today on the Blaze internal channel. And I don't know if I'm if this is going to turn me into a fan of um, of the monarchy because I'm I'm always one of those guys who who says I don't get it when England goes gaga over the fact that they have a queen and a king and a prince and and all the other royal I just the royal family thing tires me out and the the dedication and overblown attention to the royal family always gets me to shrug my shoulders and say, come on, you don't have anything better to do with your money. You really, that, that's, that's going to be it. And then people say, well, it's tourism. You know, so many people want to go there and see the castles. Fine. We have castles here in America, too. You ever been to the Vanderbilt Mansion? It's, it's, it looks like Downton Abbey, for God's sakes. And it's not supported by the government, and it doesn't have a royal family running around saying, we do charity work, and we make sure that England is forever considered great on the planet. Yes, of course. Well, today, uh, I, may have, I may have come around. I may have turned the corner on, on my uh, dislike of the royal family. I may have finally opened up my arms and said, I'm good I'm I'm actually absolutely good, Your Your Royal Highness. I can salute you. I know what you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that the breaking news. Thank you, PBS, is that the Queen of England enjoys four cocktails each and every day. The Queen of England enjoys four cocktails each and every day. God love you, Your Majesty. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Look, I, I promise you, I will get to the Nancy Pelosi story, but I am now, I am now captivated by the story of Queen Elizabeth 
and her drinking regimen. I am totally caught up in this. And as a guy who's been a, a royal family, open royal family hater, I, I'm, I'm turning a corner on Queen Elizabeth and the royal fam. Although I don't want to, I, uh, if they get crazy again when another royal baby is born, I'm, I'll turn back quickly again. But this story about Queen Elizabeth II, she's 91 years old. She is 91 years old and she has four cocktails every day. So all I'm going to tomorrow when Dr. Jorge is on for Wellness Wednesday and his regular segment, I'm going to confront him with this story that Queen Elizabeth enjoys four cocktails each and every day and she starts drinking <laughs> before lunch. Oh, this is too wonderful. <laughs> the ruler of the United Kingdom not only does she have the uh, power to hold the throne, but she apparently can also hold the booze. <laughs> Business Insider reported all of the, the queen's habits, eating and drinking. Before lunch, she enjoys a gin and Dubonnet cocktail with lemon and ice. Just a bit of a refresher, if you will. Charles, will you join Mumsy in a, in a bit of a pre-lunch cocktail? I can just see Charles going, Mommy, do you think that's appropriate? Then when the queen sits down with her, her lunch, she reportedly enjoys a, a glass of wine at lunch alongside uh, her food, usually a simple and healthy meal. But she's also partial to chocolate for dessert. Now, in, in evening, as, as cocktail hour rolls around, the queen loves a dry martini. And Town & Country magazine reports no word on whether it is shaken or stirred. I'm sure it's shaken. And what kind of gin does the queen have in her dry martini? Anybody want to bet it's Bombay Sapphire? Because let's, let's remember, let's remember Queen Victoria's image is on the label of the Bombay Sapphire gin. This may be my favorite story today. But, but capping off the queen's Four drinks per day. Now, see, she does. The queen is a professional drinker. You can tell here. She spreads out the consumption. She starts with the the pre-lunch cocktail, <laughs> the warm-up cocktail, if you will, a little gin and Dubonnet with a little. It's kind of almost like a spritzer, right? It's a little gin cocktail, gin, Dubonnet, and a little lemon and ice, just to you know, just to kind of take the edge off the morning. <laughs> The monarch taking the edge off. And then when it comes time to have lunch, she'll have a glass of wine, but just a glass. It's not like she's hammered by, by the middle of the day. And then when it comes time for dinner, before dinner, the queen will have a cocktail, a very dry martini. And uh, then at the end of the night, and now this is what makes me feel good. She's the queen, the the 91-year-old monarch will enjoy a glass of bubbly. She will have champagne to wrap up the day. Because why wouldn't you? You're the queen, for gosh sakes. She likes the Bali. The Bollinger, Lanson, and King. I wonder if that does anything for the sales of those three brands. Hmm. The Queen's cousin is the one they got the information from at the Town & Country article. Margaret Rhodes has told The Independent that her drink preferences, the Queen's drink preferences, 
never change. Never. Well, she's very loyal, as you would expect. But the queen, um, the queen visited the Guinness factory in Dublin, which is a kind of a cool place to go to, and they offered her a glass of beer. But um, apparently, we are not amused by beer. The queen said, thank you, but no thank you, and where the hell is the gin? That's not exactly what she said, but she did turn it down. I, my favorite story of the day so far, aside from getting to talk with our old buddy Burgess Owens uh, about football and, and the traumatic brain injuries, I, I think this story of the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, racking up four drinks every day. That means she puts down 28 cocktails a week. How does that stack up to your consumption? She's 91. She must have a hollow leg. But again, she's doing it, you know, spacing it out over the course of the day. Maybe it just keeps her kind of on an even keel. And I'm, she can't be taking a lot of meds if she's pumping all that booze into herself. Good for you, your royal highness. I hope Donald Trump gets over there and has, has to uh, witness all this. be wonderful to see. Coming up in the third hour, yes, Pelosi, 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 and more. Spiro Pelka. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Third hour, Pure Opelka. Thank you for being here. Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Right after the show, immediately following this show, Chris Salcedo, our buddy, the liberty-loving Latino. And Chris Salcedo and I try to keep up on everything that's going on. We attempt to give you breaking news during the show. But so much of it, with the exception of yesterday, when at the bottom of the hour, of this hour, we heard that that the uh, Olympics were coming back to um, California, to Los Angeles. Good for you, L.A. Good for you. I hope it, I hope it doesn't just destroy the economy. They use, it's, it's a flip of a coin on those Olympic Games. There's a lot of money spent, and do you ever really get it all back? Some of the pro-Olympic people on the L.A. committee from the last time are saying, we're still reaping the benefits from the last L.A. Olympics, and uh, we have programs, after-school programs, because of that. Well, I wonder. I wonder. I'd like to see a true accounting of that. We also had the news that uh, Scaramucci, the mooch, was out, escorted off the property, and then that blew up into all of last night's attention. And then late last night, we got the latest distraction, 
that the Washington Post says people familiar with the story, people who were on Air Force One, have told them that Donald Trump dictated his son's misleading claims on the meetings with the Russians. Now, is there a violation there? Is there a, a law that was broken? Well, we need to see. But I know the, the left is losing its mind over this today. Uh, and th there's a story now out of the Washington Post that says Donald Trump overruled his advisors who, who told him, no, we better come clean with all this. We, we better come out. And so we really don't know the whole story yet. All we know is this is, this is taking attention away from something that you really should be paying more attention to. And it's on the blaze right now. If you follow the blaze on the Twitter, there's a short video. It's about a minute long and you should watch it. What it does is show you what's going on while the media has been distracted. And I'm talking about what's going on just in North Korea. Just in the last 30 days. What the hell North Korea has has done while the rest of the news media was paying attention to non-stories. So we shall see. Uh, it's, a, it's a video worth watching. It, it will educate you to show you that since the 4th of July, remember the Independence Day gift we received from Kim Jong-un? The missile launch that was a, a gift to the bastards, as he called us? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. So while, while the rest of the news media is paying attention to uh, these, these gossip pages, it is becoming, it's becoming, and for those of you who read the New York Post, page six. And don't be surprised if you see a gossip TV show called Page Six coming up in, uh, in your market very soon. I believe someone's taking the New York Post, Page Six, and turning it into a daily gossip, a TMZ-like gossip show which is what the news is becoming, the news channels are becoming, on politics. We're now seeing this become, it's, it, it, they used to say politics was show business for ugly people. I think we're fully engaged in that right now. Also, uh, you can participate in the show via the phones, 888-900-3393, 888 or on Twitter at StuntBrain. We are looking at the vital question of the day as well as covering the news of the day. The vital question of the day relates to a, a news story I don't think is going away for a while. I think it's going to increase. It talks about the NFL, the National Football League, and how the league has been investigating the, the brain injuries of players who have retired, players who've been forced to retire following multiple concussions, and the fact that some of the brains of former players are severely damaged by the constant impact on, on these players, the helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits. And they did get 111 brains donated for testing, and of those 111, 110 showed varying signs, varying degrees of CTE. That is a, uh, a brain injury. And we'll talk to Dr. Jorge about this tomorrow. But the vital question of the day is, considering all this data, would you let your child play full contact tackle football? The numbers have been pretty split all day. So I think this is one of those issues that, that Americans are engaged in but still divided on. There is no real consensus yet. 
Currently, we're running 43% yes, 48% no, and 9% of you cannot decide. So that tells me this is, this is a split audience on this. I do, want, I do want football to continue. I just think we got to make sure it's okay. It's safe for everybody. It really, it really needs some, some help and protection. Now, I've been teasing this Nancy Pelosi story because Pelosi's been driving me nuts lately. And maybe it's because there just isn't enough Maxine Waters out there to go around. Maxine Waters has kind of calming down a little bit, except for the Reclaiming My Time video that now has, uh, I think, a music video attached to it. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. But Auntie Max has been kind of quiet of late. However, there's good news. Friday, Maxine Waters will be on The View, which starts just before this show. So if she does something wonderful for us, we'll be able to share it with you on Friday, which wouldn't that be a great way to get into the weekend? Also on Friday, Sharknado 5 author will be joining us. So we will get Sharknado updates as well. But I mentioned Nancy Pelosi several times today. Because I want to get to a couple of clips about Nancy Pelosi. One of them came from Fox News, where Nancy Pelosi showed up this past weekend. And if you believe Nancy Pelosi's telling the truth here, oh my God, have I got something to sell you. Chris Wallace asked Nancy Pelosi, about whether or not she believes the Democrats can win the House of Representatives back in 2018, which means she would also want to be the Speaker of the House. You know, you know that's all she's hanging on for. She is, she is hoping and praying she can come back. Listen to her response to uh, Chris Matthews from this week, and he asks her about whether or not the Dems can win back the House in 2018 is what are the chances Democrats win back the House yes. in 2018? And if so, will you run for speaker? That's, that's first so of all, first of all, in the middle of it, right in the middle of the question, listen to Nancy Pelosi. I'm going to dial it back. He says, what are the chances Dems win back the House? And she can't contain herself. She goes, yes, yes. She is champing at the bit. Let me pull this back because you need to pay attention. There are subtle hints in here about what Nancy Pelosi's really up to. Here we go. What are the chances Democrats win back the House yes. in 2018? Yes. And if so, will you run for speaker? That's so unimportant. What is important is that we... What a liar. What a liar. That is so unimportant. That's all you've been talking about, is to get back and, 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 and have control over the House. But Nancy Pelosi's not there to tell the truth. She's there to try and sell this lame new branding statement from the Democrats. A better deal. She and Chucky were out. So I'll, I'll let her answer it again. And she's saying it's so important. But did you hear the little yes, 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 of course, yes. Pay attention. Chances Democrats win back the House yes. in 2018, and if so, will you run for Speaker? That's, that's so unimportant. Huh. What is important is that we have the lively debate on a better deal, better pay, better, uh, better jobs, and a better future. And that's what... 
better pay, better uh, jobs, and a better uh, future. How are you, how are you going to do that? Could you be more vague if you tried? I don't think so. I'll let her continue. I know I keep interrupting her, but it's so infuriating. We look forward to having it. And we have unity in our party. You saw it with the fight on the Affordable Care Act in the House and in the Senate. We're very proud of uh, the fact that our party has diverse thinking in it. We can accommodate that. Leader Pelosi. She she just said her her party was united. So they have one position. And then she talked about diversity of thought in the party. Wait a minute. I'm sorry that that's kind of contradicting yourself. But Pelosi actually had more to say. Pelosi was continuing. Uh, she was she was all over the place this past weekend. Uh, she she was asked. Well, you have to hear this one. Pelosi asked, is there anything new in the better deal? And she really she punts this one too. Were higher wages, lower prescription drug costs, as you just said, job training, infrastructure. Leader Pelosi, I'm not saying anything, any of that is wrong. What I am saying is that none of it is new. We've been hearing it for years. We heard it from the Democrats and Hillary Clinton in 2016, and you lost. No, well, well, we're going to hear it with more clarity. Hear the frumfering around? This is where, this is classic Pelosi here. She got asked a very simple, honest question, and she cannot give an honest answer. Wallace is asking, here are the things you've laid out. Is there anything new here? And listen again to her response. You call for higher wages, lower prescription drug costs, as you just said, job training, infrastructure. Leader Pelosi, I'm not saying anything, any of that is wrong. What I am saying is that none of it is new. We've been hearing it for years. We heard it from the Democrats and Hillary Clinton in 2016, and you lost. No, well, we're going to hear it with more clarity. For the first time (laughs) since 2006, the House, the congressional Democrats are in charge of the message. In 06. Wait, how are the congressional Democrats in charge of the message? How are the congressional Democrats in charge of the message? The Republicans have control of the Congress. Are you saying in charge of the message for the Democratic Party? Does that mean the Senate doesn't have any input on the message for your party? Your 48 senators, including Boyne, have no input on the message? You are the ones, the House only? This is why this party is divided and why we as conservatives are missing a massive opportunity to take these guys apart. Pelosi, again, trying to address, is there anything new in this better deal? Which is now this new slogan is failing so badly, so quickly. It is almost it's almost I feel sad for the Democrats. But I'll let Pelosi continue. Charge, we won. We had a Democratic president after that in 08 and for that, and that time on, a very successful presidency. Now it is our turn to win the Congress for the American people. But elections are more about than about winning the election. They're about having a discussion. Did you catch that? Did you know elections are more than about winning the election? 
So losing the election is what they're about? I thought winning is what you have to have. If you don't have winning, guess what you don't have? You don't have control. Share it again with us, Nancy. Democratic president after that, no wait, yeah. and for okay. that, and that time on, a very successful presidency. All right. Now it is our turn to win the Congress for the American people. But elections are more about than about winning the election. They're about having a d discussion about how we go forward. But they're all about winning the election. That's no, what an no, election. No, it's about winning on the on the issues. I mean, in other words, if the American people can hold all of us, Democrats and Republicans, accountable for what is in their interest, instead of a trickle down agenda that really benefits the high end at the expense of working families. That's why a better deal is important, and it is entrepreneurial and it's thinking it's fresh in terms of what it suggests but, but let me it's not fresh in what it suggests you're saying the government's going to create jobs and how does that happen you can't just create jobs nancy you're saying you're going to you're going to order companies to pay people a minimum wage that we've seen is absolutely destroying the economy in cities like seattle that's absolutely ruining the economy in places in Oregon. The $15 an hour is doing the exact opposite of what you thought it would do. This is why I love Nancy Pelosi. She just gives us so much information and so many great targets. I got to step back and uh, reload so I can shoot some more. We'll be pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, it's a, a beautiful day here today in the Northeast, and I'm I'm very happy to be here today. I'm also very happy to be talking with all of you. So many of you have called in today to discuss the question of the day about would you or would you not allow your child to play tackle football, full contact tackle football, especially because of uh, the news of late of the traumatic brain injury and the side effects they're having on the players in the NFL. Not a big problem. But uh, there's, another, there's another story that I have to get to. And I, I cannot believe these are still happening. There's a story out of New York City about a mom. A mom who... There's no way to really tiptoe around this. She wanted to have a Kardashian butt. I guess that's the only way to put it. She really thought that, that the, this 31-year-old mom, she has two kids. She wanted to have the same kind of backside that Kim Kardashian has. So she went to get buttock enhancement injections, medical procedures. But she didn't go to a hospital. She went to basically a, an unofficial clinic to get this done. 13 days later, she's dead. She's dead because she wanted to have Kim Kardashian-like cheeks. And I'm not talking about the ones on either side of her nose. 
She wanted to have a Kardashian bum. And this woman, it was so intent on doing this. 31 years old, just days before her 32nd birthday, she went in and, and had this procedure done in an unlicensed clinic. And a couple days later, she's dancing around and showing everybody her new backside. And she's apparently happy with it, but then suddenly starts getting chest pains and dizziness. She calls 911. She's rushed to the hospital. Doctors declared her brain dead. Now, there's a host of questions that that will have to be asked, and police are actually looking into this to say the family is saying it's murder. She She was murdered by these people. Well, she did go to the clinic on her own. She did seek out the people to do this. But it's just this this to me is so surprising. I have I have never wanted to have a celebrity body part. I've never said, gee, wouldn't it be great to have David Hasselhoff's abs? Okay, maybe I looked at somebody's hair because mine's thinned out. But I've never thought can you imagine there I know there are people who, who want the nose of this person or the cheekbones of that person, but to have the butt? of somebody else and then that be the reason you died and left two children behind we're focused on the wrong stuff people we are focused on the wrong things we'll be right back You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We're keeping an eye on a uh, very energetic press conference in the White House as the Washington Post story has reporters peppering Sarah Huckabee Sanders with questions about whether or not the president dictated what has been called by the press a misleading misleading uh, memo from Donald Trump Jr. And I think she correctly answered it by saying, as any, any father would do, he looked over it and gave his guidance. So I, I, I think this is part of this. It looks like a nothing burger, doesn't it? Right? It sure feels like it to me anyway. We will see. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders is is having a little bit of a sparring match today with the press. And uh, we'll see if we can get you some of that before we get out of here. We'll clip up some of the, some of the um, appropriate pieces. Are you an iPhone person? Apparently, Apple accidentally leaked details of the next iPhone, the iPhone 8. 
I will tweet out a link to this story because I know many of you are uh, technology fans. I know many of you are, are always, you know, we always like to know what's next, what's next, what's next. And I, I am an iPhone junkie. I have to tell you, since the very first one came out, uh, I've, I've been there for virtually each and every one. Now, this, this leak of the next iPhone, the iPhone 8, or they're thinking about calling it the iPhone Pro, because um, Apple has been quick to um, add the word Pro to some of its products, like you can get a, uh, a MacBook Pro and a MacBook Air Pro and an iPad Pro and all that stuff, and it, it allows you to charge a few more dollars for an already expensive piece of machinery. But uh, the, the word on the street is it's either the iPhone 8 or the iPhone Pro, and it's coming out soon, December, I guess, or maybe, maybe a little bit sooner. But one of these software developers, one of the people that tries to put apps together or link up to Apple products, was given access to some new firmware for the upcoming HomePod. I don't know if you... If you um, if you have the, the, the new wireless Bluetooth speakers, headphones for the iPhone, it's, they're called AirPods. But now Apple is getting into the same business that Alexa is in. And they're going to have a HomePod speaker, I believe one you'll be able to talk to and tell it what to do and what to play. It's coming out just in time for the holidays in December. Gee, good timing. But they released the firmware so that developers can have access to it and maybe develop add-on programs, etc. And you have to go through a few certain hoops to get to the, the um, level of being one of these developers to get access to the stuff. And this guy, uh, Guillermo Rambo, got a hold of the firmware for the upcoming HomePod speaker. And according to the reporting on Wired.com, he downloaded all the all the software and started going through it digging through the code and he found something extra he found what it appears to be because these home pod speakers will apparently connect to the uh, the latest iphone so he found a redesigned high-end iphone and no one's really identifying whether or not it's it's the real deal and there's no real documentation on any other site that has it. But it does look like some of the early rumors, like it's going to have a slimmer bezel around the phone. And that, that home button that you push at the bottom of the screen to get back to the front page, that's apparently going to be gone. I don't know what they're going to replace it with. But uh, the, the big news is, it looks like they're going to eliminate the fingerprint technology. So many of us use the fingerprint. I, I will admit, I use the fingerprint technology instead of having to put in my Apple ID on a regular basis. The fingerprint technology certainly does open up the phone quickly. And I will use the fingerprint technology to, uh, to pay for things. But now they're going with an even more secure, uh, allegedly an even more secure method of, of recognizing you or identifying you, and that's through facial, facial recognition software. So that apparently your phone will be looking at you. How comfortable are you with that? 
Your phone will be looking at you all the time and knowing who you are. And I wonder if it'll also be cataloging the facial recognition details of people you take pictures of, especially those you might take selfies with. Will they be cataloging those and then keeping track of all? There is so much data being collected by our phones, it starts to get me a little bit nervous. The HomePod firmware that showed up a couple of days ago, the one that opened up this speculation about the iPhone 7, the iPhone Pro, whatever it's going to be, was out there uh, for a couple of days and after this developer, Rambo, unpacked it and wrote about it, Apple apparently realized the problem and went, hang on a second, and they pulled the code back. But you know, as Apple is finding out, once something is out there, you can't ever shut it down. It's never going away again. So if you're, if you're one of those people that wants uh, the details, there aren't a whole lot more details around what, other than what I shared with you, but I will tell you, I, I'm not keen on these, um, the speakers. I, I don't have the Alexa at home, and I'm, I'm not keen on the ones that uh, can listen in on you. I've already got enough listening from Siri, and if, if Siri's plugged in, and I say, hey, Siri, uh, theoretically, she's supposed to open up. And, and she does. So, uh, for example, I was plugging in my phone as we're talking. And if my phone is sitting still and I say, hey, Siri, the phone usually just opens right up and Siri waits for me to say something. And that sometimes when I say, Siria, the phone will open up as well. But right now, because I'm doing it, it's not. But I'm not a fan of, of the um, Alexa technology. I'm not a fan. I've already got enough people keeping an eye on me, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, if you want, I'll tweet out a link to it. I might as well do that. I'm going to step aside early because I want to get to a, a longer finish on the show. I have a couple more issues that we need to address before we get out of here. And I want to see if we can get any more from this contentious press briefing that Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been going through, trying to answer questions about the Washington Post story and uh, also about the... Um, the uh, Donald Trump statements about roughing up the cops, uh, telling the cops to rough up any suspects. Jeff Sessions appears to have stepped up defending his boss, despite the way his boss is treating him and saying, come on, everybody. Those remarks were done in jest. Everyone needs to just calm down a little bit. Michael Pelka, I'm Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. It's been a, a very interesting day, and you can keep voting for another 21 hours in today's vital question poll. We're asking the question, based on the latest information we've seen out of the NFL and the, the stories that we've seen about repetitive uh, concussive injuries to NFL players, is, is it wise to allow children 
to continue playing full contact tackle football? And it's a tough question, I know. I know it's a a very tough question, but uh, that's why we put it out there. And we had a very interesting discussion with uh, uh, Burgess Owens, a guy who spent 10 years in the NFL, a guy who has a lot of experience in this area. So uh, you can jump on that. It's on Twitter, at StuntBrain. It's connected to my account. We also need to remind you about uh, Relief Factor, because I'm a big supporter of Relief Factor based on what it's done for me. It is, uh, it is an amazing product that has helped me in a very short time, made by physicians. It's an essential way to help people like me fight aches and pains that's caused by inflammation. It uses wild-caught fish oil, botanicals, and it works with your body to reduce inflammation. The best way to understand it, though, is, is not just from me telling you, but it's from people like Patricia in Michigan. At one time, I was in constant pain in my knees and hips. I'm 72 years old and thought, that's what happens when you get old. I heard about Relief Factor on the radio shows. To my surprise and relief, it took away my hurt. I can get out of bed easier in the morning, and even damp and rainy days don't bother me as much. I started out taking three doses per day, but now only take two. Thank you, Relief Factor, for letting me know about this wonderful product. You're welcome, Patricia. If you're like me or if you're like Patricia and you want to get back to your active lifestyle and it's caused the pain's caused by inflammation, you owe it to yourself to try it. Just give it a shot. The three-week quick start pack is $19.95. It, it ends up costing you about 95 cents a day, less than a cup of coffee or, in my case, a cup of tea. You can go to relieffactor.com or you can call them 1-800-500-8384. 1-800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. Um, before we get out of here, I was talking about the press conference. There was a, a little bit of a con- contested press conference, I guess you could say, and I think that's healthy. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Stan- Sanders up at the front And am I the only one who watches Sarah Huckabee Sanders do these press conferences? And um, I have to tell you, all those bridesmaids dresses that some of you women have in the back of your closets from all those weddings you were a part of, Sarah Huckabee Sanders appears to be making good use of her collection of bridesmaids dresses. If I did not know better, I would say today she was wearing one such outfit. I could be wrong, but she was talking initially and got quizzed. uh, She was talking initially about the Washington Post story that claims the president dictated the the statement from Don Jr. on the meeting with Russia and uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I thought put it put it into pretty clear perspective when she addressed that issue. If it'll start which right now it's not. Look, uh, the statement that Don Jr. issued is true. There's no inaccuracy in the statement. The president weighed in as any father would based on the limited information that he had. Uh, This is all discussion, frankly, of no consequence. There was no follow-up. It was disclosed to the proper parties, which is how the New York Times found out about it to begin with. 
The Democrats want to continue to use this as a PR stunt and are doing everything they can to keep this story alive and in the papers every single day. The president, the American people, they voted America first, not Russia fo first, and that's the focus of our administration. And as you can see, there was a little jump up on that. There was also, as we mentioned, the uh, statement about the president's comments last week at uh, Brentwood, Long Island, when he addressed uh, a group of law enforcement officers, men and women from different parts of the state and different parts of law enforcement. And he made a statement about don't be uh, so nice to these suspects when you're rounding them up. He was talking about the gang members that we're going after MS-13. Yesterday, you said that the president was joking about... Uh, his comments, putting suspects' heads, telling police officers they shouldn't cover their heads and putting them in the car. Was he making a joke about police brutality? Not at all. I think you guys are jumping uh, and trying to make something out of nothing. He was simply making a comment, making a joke, and it was nothing more than that. Sarah, Sarah, what's, so Sarah funny? what's funny about Should that? Should he apologize for that issue, joke? On that same issue, the head of the DEA wrote immediately after the president made those remarks to officers of the DEA, telling them to disregard them and saying you have an obligation to speak up when something wrong happens. It wasn't a directive. It was a joke. There's a very big difference. Why, why was that not clear? Olivia? It wasn't a directive. It was a joke. And there is a very big difference. And I, I tend to agree with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but on this case, you know, she also has the backup of Jeff Sessions, who told everybody that it was, in fact, a joke, that everybody does need to calm down. I get, I get so tired that we cannot joke anymore. We can't laugh. I don't want to live in a world without laughter. That's why I look for weird stories. Like, you know, the other day was uh, Take Your Child to Work Day. And great idea unless you happen to be the getaway driver in a gang that's robbing convenience stores. A Florida woman brought her 10-year-old along for the, for the ride when they were going to hold up a convenience store. Of course, it was a Florida woman in Marion County, Florida. The sheriff's deputy said that the woman, 30, and her male partner in crime were caught after a brief chase and charged with armed robbery and now, because the kid was in the car, felony child neglect. Come on, people, you're doing it wrong. You're absolutely doing it wrong. And speaking of doing it wrong, Spirit Airlines, one passenger apparently really did catch the spirit at Spirit Airlines. While walking down the jetway and getting on the plane, he decided to take off all his clothes. Needless to say, he didn't make his flight. Tomorrow, we'll be back with uh, Wellness Wednesday. We'll ask Dr. Jorge about the Queen's drinking and more. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.